This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Ido Singer. Ido is the assistant women's basketball coach at UNCG and the host of the One Last Thought Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much, Roman. I appreciate it. Tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Well, I uh, grew up in Israel, played basketball ever since I could uh, pretty much walk and identify what a basketball is and um, started going up through the ranks over there until I um, played on the professional level around the age of 17. Did that for a few years, enjoyed it, had some great experiences, but then fell out of love with the game, uh, ended up moving to the United States to, uh, to pursue my academic career. And, and then um, a few years later, I felt like something was missing. And so I started coaching and that kind of in a roundabout way got me to uh, division one coaching where I am right now. Started at the lower levels, working with anyone from middle school through high school, through division three basketball and uh, and all the way to division one. And uh, and here I am at UNCG. I love it here in North Carolina. It's, it's a great opportunity for me and my family. And every day that I do what I love is such a blessing. That's awesome. I also saw you did you do uh, like skills clinics also. Yeah, I used to do that too. I still do them, but not with the same uh, frequency. I used to do that more as a uh, a side business that I had uh, running clinics for different levels of players and and running them throughout the summers. I do that still, uh, not as much as I used to, but but I still enjoy that. I love teaching. This is why I'm in this profession. At the end of the day, we're um, we're lucky enough to go to to work, basically wearing pajamas. So it's all about teaching for me, and I just really appreciate the opportunity to do that every day. That's awesome, and I know it's kind of a general question, but what do you think kind of makes a good coach in terms of qualities, or what resonates with you know players or anybody else in kind of a leadership position? I think it's being able to come from the standpoint of this is not about me, the coach. It's about them, the players the most important commodity that we have here. I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the players that I'm coaching today. So trying to be interested in in their lives, in their academics, of course, and then in what they do on the court is my top priority. Try and ask questions and, uh, and help them in any way, shape or form. When coaches become more internal in the sense that what is in it for me, I feel that that takes away from what coaching really is. Yeah, and uh, it's, I mean, making it about the, the team and the players and impacting them and having them become, you know, productive members of, you know, society because not obviously all of them are going to go to the next level or pursue, you know, the sport that they're in, you know, moving forward. They're going to do something that's completely different in most cases, but carry those skills and what they learned, you know, throughout life. That's right. Yeah, I'm trying to prepare them for life. So what motivates you to succeed? Well, outside of my family, which is uh, the most important thing for me in the world, um, 
I'm, I'm so grateful for my wife, my three kids, my dog, uh, such amazing creatures in my life. And uh, they motivate me every day. Um, that to me is a given. But I think the biggest thing for me, and it took me about 40 years to find my why. I started thinking about that ever since I read uh, Simon Sinek's book, you know, Start With Why. And I looked at other people's answers and it was a big buzz at the time and everybody was posting why it is they're doing what they're doing and i was looking on twitter and i'm like oh i like that i like this maybe that's my why maybe this is my why it it didn't work it has to be something that you work through and figure out and it has to be completely unique to you and so it took me a long time to figure out what is my why and what motivates me and i found that my biggest motivator is to create things. I love creating different things, whether it's in basketball, helping players become better, creating better players, or whether through our conversations of creating better people or better habits, um, the different things that I do here in my um, position at UNCG, creating different processes to analyze the data that we have and how can we gain an advantage or through the podcast that I run, creating conversations between people that never took place and sending those out to the world. I think I'm at my best when I create, and I think I am at my highest level of energy when I create. So that to me is my biggest why, and that's my motivation. That's awesome. I think, uh, you know, being a creator, rather whether it's content or some kind of a medium or video or you know, creating, like you said, in terms of like the role or the profession you're in, I think it adds a level of kind of uh, differentiation and, and takes away from the monotony. So if you have a, a job that's just, you know, kind of cookie cutter, if you will, which obviously people have to pay the bills, but if you're passionate about what you're doing and it's you're constantly redefining, learning and kind of growing, then uh, you're never going to be kind of complacent, complacent in your growth, uh, your uh your role and uh, you're always going to be creating or trying something different and in like revolutionizing or becoming who you are you're you're technically kind of recreating yourself as well i i couldn't agree more i i had a, a guest on my podcast a while back and she was talking about how everything we see around us was created by a vision of someone before us some things the things that we are using right now to communicate were created by people just like you and I who had a vision and made something out of nothing. I think creating is such a driving force for humanity. It's what's, what is propelling us forward. And I am so uh, motivated by it every day. And I, I love talking about it. I think it's such a, it's such a cool thing to be involved with. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that you've seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? I think growing up, I was very, very impatient. And I think I have a lot of those moments still today. I'm still a work in progress. I turned 40 in, in August of last year. And uh, I'm entering the second half of my life still being a work in progress, and I'm proud of it. I think we all are to a certain extent. But I was very, very impatient growing up, and I think I'm doing a better job of that right now. I understand that so much of this life is playing the long game. Uh, things don't happen when we want them to happen all the time. Understanding that sometimes you have to put in years of work to get to what you want to get 
is is a necessity. And so I don't get as upset about things not happening as quickly as I want them to, as I have been in the past. Um, understanding that success is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And that's something that, you know, that's a Gary Vee uh, quote, I believe. And love listening to his stuff because he as well is talking about how you know it's a, it's a marathon it's not a sprint and you can't take shortcuts and you have to be patient with your process and so that's what i'm trying to do every day i'm trying to be more intentional about what i do more patient with my expectation of results and understanding that there's going to be bumps along the way that's that are going to try and derail me from where i'm going and if i'm acting to those with impatience rather than observing them and trying to figure out how I can go through them, then I'm doing myself and everyone else a disservice. So I'm trying to be more and more patient and I think I've done a better job at that. So that used to be a huge weakness of mine that is on the verge of turning into strength. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, kind of your destination is life isn't a, you know, fixed position. It's a moving target. So you get somewhere, um, ideally, hopefully you, you know, refine your goal or make your goal greater, or you pivot in terms of what your interests are or what you want to achieve. And it's constantly refining. And like you said, rebuilding yourself and you, you don't become who you're supposed to be by, you know, I'm the best one at age 35 and let me stop, you know, growing as a person. You're, you're constantly being redefined by what you're learning, but you know, what you're accepting, what you're doing, and then the experiences you're having. So, you know, traumatic experiences, positive experiences kind of all shape your worldview and who you become and you constantly keep changing because who you were even today may be different than who you were last week. You got to constantly change and you got to constantly evolve. And like you said, life is going to throw all kinds of curveballs in our way. And if we get deterred because we were expecting a certain outcome and it's not what we expected, guess what? We have no control over what's going to happen five minutes from now. So living your life in constant reaction mode other than readjustment mode is exhausting. So we have to keep readjusting, being patient through the process and having faith in what we're doing and in the fact that it's going to bear fruit. It's going to help us in the long run. We can't be too reactionary. Yeah, and I think staying in your lane also. So you're running your own race. So oftentimes you compare yourselves to friends, family, people you may have had some kind of contact or relationship in the past. Maybe they're more successful than you and maybe they've gotten to where they are now a lot easier in terms of, you know, the process they had to go through. But at the end of the day, you know, it's you versus you, I like to say, and the only person kind of responsible for where you're going to get is, is you. Nobody, you know, nobody's going to give you anything. Maybe you're going to get lucky. The store stars align and basically you meet someone and you start up a conversation and you connect and that opens doors, which does happen. And, you know, it's happened in terms of having guests on the podcast. It's terms of networking and growing, you know, your community, but ultimately you're dependent, your own success in terms of what you can do and how you can uh, refine and redefine yourself. I love that. Embrace your pace. That's it. Yeah, and what you give out. So I think maybe 10 years ago, I'm, I turned 35 this year. So 10 years ago, maybe at 25, I, w I was chasing more, you know, title, success, money, but then refining it as you get older, like you said, and, you know, I mentioned, you start changing as well. Your priorities change, you know, your circle changes, maybe become smaller. And basically the things that are important to you, you know, change over time as well. 
So it's often times, you know, defined and redefined over time. So I, I think that's important as well. I couldn't agree more. You know, I found my friend sent me a message, uh, a, a screenshot of a letter that I wrote to him. He's my best friend back home. He sent me a screenshot of a letter that I wrote to him when I was 23 years old and I left Israel to move to the United States. And I was reading that letter and I was mortified. I did not recognize the person who wrote that letter. And to your point, we are ever evolving because there's probably something wrong because we're either not challenged to grow or we are, I, I don't know, on an island somewhere. So it's, it's an ever evolving process and uh, you have to embrace it and you have to just enjoy it and, and see where life takes you. Yeah, I think it's an on and off switch also because some people get comfortable in life and complacent and that's kind of uh, the death of innovation. You know, you're comfortable, you know, uh, this job has a pension or, you know, I want to get tenure and I can never get fired. So I don't really have to do more work or a lot of the times there's a stigma about, you know, the government roles in the United States and other countries where you kind of work for the government and you do as little work as possible because you know you're not going to get fired and there's no incentive to grow. If you do better, you're not necessarily going to get promoted or some kind of tangible, you know, recognition of, you know, your your deeds. So you don't really strive to to do more, but when that light kind of or switch turns in your head, that can learn and in 2020 everything is kind of open source you can learn anything online you can 20 i mean i remember when the internet was in there in, in its infancy when i was younger when it was still dial up and even before when it was expensive and i didn't have the internet so you have to go to a library look at an encyclopedia but you have all this knowledge so you really don't have anyone to blame for your own success or where you get in in 2020 with all the technological advancements i think you have to ask yourself, are you internally motivated or externally motivated? If you're externally motivated, then a job with tenure or a job that doesn't give you bonuses for great uh, production is not going to be a job that pushes you to get better. If you're internally motivated, like you said, um, you have the resources to learn, to grow, to get better, to challenge yourself, to challenge others. And so I think that is something that as you get older, like you alluded to, you kind of develop into. You're more internally motivated when you find what it is that you want to do and your why and your motivation and your purpose. So moving from externally motivated to internally motivated, I think is, um, again, to your point, I think it's, it's a big, important move. Yeah, and I think as you get older, I think a lot of people switch to leaving a legacy. So, you know, giving as much back as possible, whether it's with time, with money, giving information, you know, helping as many people as possible. And then that naturally kind of leads to more success also because people see who you are um, with, you know, advancements in, in different digital platforms and new social media platforms popping up. You know, people just use social media as vanity or highlighting their life. I mean, you can basically build a resume, show who you are, your skill set, what you do and show the world who you are and oftentimes reach people across the world and then get opportunities that way. So I think using technology, using social media and connecting with the world in a genuine way really can propel you personally and professionally as well. I couldn't agree more. And, and on the point of legacy, that, that would be my biggest advice to anybody listening is to be consumed with your legacy. You have to come from the point of everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm putting out there into the world 
is going to go down in history as my legacy, whether it's positive, negative, sloppy, or to the point. Um, I think when I, maybe a few years back, I don't know, maybe even 10 years back, I went back online and I took down every picture of me holding a beer. And it's silly. It's a beer. I've never been a heavy drinker, uh, although maybe some of my friends from the bartending days would disagree a little bit, but I was never a sloppy drinker or anything like that. But as I got older, my legacy is not about who I was in the 20s. It's in my 20s. It's who I am right now and the family man that I am, the the professional who works with young people and tries to motivate and inspire and, and help. And then... Uh, the person who creates uh, content for other people to consume and hopefully grow from. Those pictures of me holding a beer are not going to do anything to move the needle towards where I want my legacy to be. And so anything that's counterintuitive to that can can go away. So I'm, I'm consumed with my legacy. I'm trying to do the things that I do to leave something behind that's greater than anything I could accomplish myself. And so that is that is my biggest thing that I you know, want to leave people with is just be consumed with your legacy. Just always move forward thinking, what is it that I'm leaving behind? And if it's not worth leaving behind, leave it behind you. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned the whole taking down pictures. There's been things that people have said on social media, or like you said, images that have haunted people, even though they're not the same people, they said things stupidly, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And clearly you're not the same person you were, you know, in your 20s or in your 30s or even in your teens. But people always look for something to kind of, you know, contradict you, it, even if you're in a role or there's also maybe going to be people that are spiteful, that are envious of where you are and try to sabotage you. And, and you're basically giving ammo in that sense. So I think in, in 2020, it's important to kind of defend your brand online, really show who you are through social media and other you know, platforms. If you know there's something, like you said, that may not align with who you are now, I would recommend like you did take it down or have some kind of, you know, PR uh, response that if somebody finds it or, you know, something happens and it goes into the limelight explaining it or having some kind of exit strategy for that. Because I think actually uh, Kevin Hart, I, I don't know, it, it was in 2012 or maybe 20, uh, 2010, one tweet basically lost him hosting the Oscars, but it was just one of those stupid comments. He didn't really... Uh, mean and he doesn't have those kind of you know viewpoints, but he just said it and it's on social media and now it lives forever. So we're not living in a world that we can allow ourselves to be surprised when something like this happens. The world we live in, everything you put out there can be screenshot and it's there forever. And you no longer control the message. So if you put it out there, fine. If you can take it down, better. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, even though some people don't want to be role models, they're kind of thrown into you know, that role and even, um, you know, what you're doing or the kind of content you're putting out there. I mean, I had somebody reach out, I believe a, a year ago, that's been following me for the last like 10 years that I went to high school with. And, you know, you're putting out great content, you know, you're knowledgeable, you seem like you're working with all these you know cool companies. And I didn't even hear from this person for like a decade. And he's been kind of quietly, you know, watching me in terms of like, what I've been putting out. So it's really important to align what you're putting out and really show an authentic and genuine, uh, you know, portrayal of yourself. I mean, there's a lot of people on social that basically put out content for who they want to be. So in a way, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, knock what people are trying to build kind of, I guess, maybe fake it till you make it. But um, a lot of people see through that. And uh, 
just being authentic and focusing on your strengths rather than, you know, I, I don't have this, but let me make believe or let me be a generalist about this information and put it out. Hopefully some people believe me that I'm an expert. So, you know, 2020 people see through that. Like it's like it's clear water. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's kind of like a two way street. So um, with social media and with technology, people you've you know made friendships with or connections with in the past, you can stay in touch you know, with technology in terms of having a Skype call or jumping on, you know, a Zoom conference or just a call and keeping that kind of relationship alive and trying to add as much value as you can. So there's a lot of people on platforms like LinkedIn that you'll get a friend request or a connection and then literally you hit connect and you get an automated message. Hey, I'm so glad you connected, but do you want to buy XYZ? So, so there's there's things like that, but using social media to to stay in touch and follow each other, and then vice versa. If you meet somebody online, I would encourage uh, if your you know paths align or you can add value to each other, take that conversation and that kind of friendship offline and see what you guys can offer each other or with each other's networks or communities, and kind of you know build build a tribe of people that keep each other accountable and are looking in terms of the goals they set moving forward in kind of the same direction. Just like you and I did. Yeah, I mean, technology, technology is powerful and you, and you have to want to do it. You know what I mean? People hire other agencies to look for guests and do other things, but you really have to put in kind of the manpower and, and really grind to get to what you want to do. You're playing the long game. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no shortcuts. I don't think in life there's no kind of a get rich quick scheme other than if you're like one in a hundred million and it's some kind of fluke like the lottery or you have some kind of relative that you don't know about that leaves you like a hundred million dollars everything else you have to kind of grind so i really appreciate you coming on today can you let the audience know how they can find you sure so you can find me on social media at uh, one last thought pod or if you google one last thought podcast you'll be able to find uh, everything about the podcast or everything on social media you can find me on one last thought pod at gmail.com. If you are interested in sharing a thought on the podcast, please reach out to me, let me know, and we'll connect. I'm looking forward to hearing from, you know, anybody who wants to share anything. It's just about collecting your best advice uh, for future generations and then sharing it through the platform. So yeah, reach out to me on any social media. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.